there is a simple way to explain your depression, if it actually was related to an imbalance in a nutrient in your body, and just by taking that nutrient, the depression over a short period of time, as the nutrient builds up in your body, would go away. Well, that is possible, and the nutrient in question is actually two nutrients, it's copper and zinc. For many people, they have an imbalance of those nutrients in their body. Today on Ask Dr. Gill, I wanna talk about the importance of copper and zinc in the body, how to bring them back into balance, and how to know if you need supplementation of either. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Ask Dr. Gill. I'm Dr. Gill Winkleman. Today on Ask Dr. Gill, I want to talk about the importance of zinc and copper balance in the body. Now, I've mentioned uh, doing hair tests for certain nutrients and heavy metals, and copper and zinc are actually interesting because they can be measured both in the hair and the blood, and really with those metals, measuring them in the blood works really fine. Ideally, you're doing a serum copper and a plasma zinc, for those of you at home who are technical. And what's interesting about these metals is that uh, I have a number of patients, and I want to say probably about 25%. It could be higher than that, but th there's an imbalance that happens as a result of a variety of factors. Either it's that you're not getting enough zinc in the diet or you're getting too much copper in the diet or some other exposure of copper. And we're not totally sure how that works. So I'm going to get a little technical in this podcast. Uh, and I think that, that it's, you know, an important subject, and it actually relates to pyroluria in some ways too. Uh, I, I had a podcast that uh, some time ago that you can find on iTunes or on my website, askdrgill.com, A-S-K-D-R-G-I-L.com. And th in that podcast, I talked about a lot of the symptoms that show up and because of pyroluria, and usually that's because there's not enough zinc in the system in the body. So that's the piece about zinc that's kind of important. And I'll briefly go over the importance of zinc. Zinc basically touches most of the important systems in the body. And so zinc is incredibly important for pretty much every system in the body, as I mentioned. Uh, it's kind of viewed as the calming metal by many people who are into nutritional balancing. It, it drives production of neurotransmitters that tend to calm people down. And it also helps 
counteract any of the effects of copper, which I'll get into in a minute, but uh, copper tends to drive adrenaline production and zinc stops that. So zinc is an, an important part of our nervous system. And one of the ways, by the way, that I can tell that, uh, that kids are low in zinc, particularly teens, is they start getting really bad acne. And a lot of people say, well, that's just hormonal. And the body isn't clearing something. And zinc is important uh, to help the body remove the tox, you know, remove toxins from, from the body. So zinc can also, um, you know, become deficient in the teen years because you're growing so fast at those years. So I see a lot of that with, with kids. And it's, I've supplemented with a fair amount of zinc over the years and never had anyone test really high as a result of that. So clearly there's not enough in our diet and there's evidence and some researchers say that as many as 90 plus percent of Americans are zinc deficient. And it has to do, they think, in this, these particular studies with uh, depletion of soils. So, so as far as the body goes, um, I mentioned that the zinc can be calming. It can be important in treating uh, attention deficit disorder, ADD, or ADHD. Uh, basically, any, any mental health condition, bipolar, anxiety, irritability, emotional instability, nervousness, anything, zinc can often be an effective uh, nutrient to help calm the system down. The other place that I tend to see it a lot is the, uh, with uh, immune support. So people who get sick a lot, um, people who, who have trouble fighting something off, uh, people who don't have uh, this kind of immune system, but people who don't uh, heal very easily from, from like little cuts, uh, that can be an aspect of zinc deficiency. So one of the ways you can tell if you're zinc deficiency uh, is that you will show up with white spots on your fingers, on your fingernails. And that's, that's an important aspect of, uh, you know, or important marker of, of zinc zinc issues that that is visible so so that's something about the zinc that i think is really really important and you know it like i said it's 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 an important aspect of of our diet and generally we don't get enough of it um if you're deficient though uh, it, you, you don't want to just start taking a bunch of zinc right away you kind of want to ramp yourself up and uh, generally, I mentioned to patients to not take it with calcium because there's there's evidence that calcium and zinc uh, will compete against one another in terms of absorption. So zinc is one of those metals that we really, really want to see in you know in our diet and in the body at a at a good level. And if you happen to get a blood test and a hair test, we really like to see those balance out in both and be in optimal ranges. Now, I normally, when I test it, I wanna get a plasma zinc test, and it's important to have the distinction because the numbers are different, and you get a better picture of what, how the zinc is utilized in the body as opposed to the amount of zinc in a serum sample. Sometimes in the serum, it can be artificially high just because of its uh, properties 
in in other constituents of the blood. And so really it, it, it's measuring kind of what's in the blood as as far as the blood tissue goes as, a, as opposed to what's in circulation and how much is available in the rest of the body. I mentioned in the pad, podcast last week about the heavy metal toxicity that certain heavy metals can compete against zinc and bind the receptor sites for zinc, such as cadmium. And this is a problem, and sometimes the zinc levels can be normal, and you you can see uh, the symptoms that look like a, a zinc problem. This is a really subtle situation that happens, uh, and you know there's there's not too many doctors out there that that treat that and understand that. But generally, when you give a higher dose of zinc, that helps crowd the cadmium out of the body and uh, releases the heavy metal toxicity. And over time, you don't need that higher dose. Uh, but, but it's something to keep in mind if, for example, you're listening to this and you say, well, I had the, the symptoms, but my zinc was normal. And so that's something to keep in mind. There's all kinds of things that happen in the body. You know, I mentioned this on my website, uh, and I have an article about the, the way to look at it. Uh, there's all kinds of things that can go out of balance, and you, you can't just pigeonhole into one, but sometimes you look at all of those and nothing's working, and you kind of have to go, okay, what is going on here? And that's, that's one of those where there's a heavy metal that's not showing up anywhere, and it's because it's just tightly bound inside the receptors and the zinc is being crowded out and the zinc levels are normal circulation in the blood, but you're not seeing anything else. So copper, I mentioned, is sort of the, the, the counterbalance to, to zinc. And uh, there's a number of physicians that call copper kind of the emotional metal of the body. So I'm going to talk about copper and keep in mind that Copper is an important nutrient to our system. It's particularly important if you are pregnant and you want copper in that situation because the copper is basically going to get sucked into the fetus. <laughs> and the, you know, because the, because our, when the baby is developing, when the fetus is developing in utero, it needs the copper to help build its systems up and, and utilize that. But it's a much higher dose than what you would want, you know, when you're not pregnant. And I've had a number of patients who come in and they'll say, whatever the symptom is, they'll say, whatever, those symptoms went away when I was pregnant. And that's usually an indication that they have a copper imbalance. So, so, so the, 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 the first thing that I want to say is, is that, you know, copper is important for, for the bones. It's important for connective tissue. It helps bring, it helps the calcium sort of bind in the bones and it, and it repairs tendons, ligaments, and so forth. It's also used in energy production in the cells. Um, and, it, and it can be used, and you want it in balance with zinc because the, both are utilized in immune responses. So, and, the, you know, the other aspects of copper is, is it helps balance the adrenal glands, it helps balance the thyroid, 
Uh, it's important in reproductive health, as I mentioned, not just in terms of growing a fetus, but you need some to, to be able to uh, ovulate properly uh, and balance the hormonal cycles is what, you know, to get pregnant. And finally, it's important in the nervous system. As I mentioned, it's very important in terms of producing epinephrine and norepinephrine, but it also is important, copper is utilized to uh, produce dopamine in the body as well. So we want to have some copper in the body. And the important piece is, is that you want the appropriate amount of free copper in the body. So there's a protein that binds copper called ceruloplasmin, and that basically makes sure that there's not too much free copy, copper in the body. So uh, some of my patients will come back with normal copper levels. They're perfectly in balance, but they're showing signs of copper problems and excess copper, and it's because they don't have enough ceruloplasmin. And that's a harder thing to treat than just plain high copper. So in the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about some of the problems with high copper and what you can do about it. So stay tuned. Okay, welcome back. I'm Dr. Gil Winkleman, and this is Ask Dr. Gil. So we've been talking about copper and zinc imbalance. Uh, I want to talk about sort of some of the copper imbalances in the body. And there's basically, there's basically in a way, three types of copper imbalances. There's a copper imbalance where you just have high copper, and that's a pretty easy one to treat. And I say that because what, what that is, is that one, um, you just need to bring the copper down. And a subset of that is you have high, higher, highish copper and low zinc. So you want to bring the zinc up and those two then become balanced. And in that situation, there's, there's kind of enough ceruloplasmin that if the copper came down, either there's not too much free copper already, or if you just brought the copper down to the to the normal level, there's enough ceruloplasmin that the free copper would be the, you know, what we would say was the ideal range. So that's that's the first kind. The second kind is the copper is is in the normal range, but there's not enough uh, ceruloplasmin. And that's a little harder to treat because in that situation, generally ceruloplasmin is treated uh, or is produced by the liver. And so we need to treat the liver to help bring that into balance. Now, when I say that, I don't mean from a standpoint of you have full-blown frank liver disease, your enzymes are out of balance, uh, you know, and you're, you're heading towards cirrhosis. Usually it's more subtle than that. There's little aspects, things that the liver isn't quite doing right. Um, your digestion is off. Uh, your ceruloplasmin's low. You know, those things that that are showing that there's stress on the liver, and by treating that, and we can do that naturopathically, um, or you could, you know you can get acupuncture. I mean, uh, and take Chinese herbs. That that's very effective as well. 
what happens is, is that then the body starts producing enough ceruloplasmin for the appropriate amount of copper, and, and therefore things become imbalanced, and a lot of the symptoms disappear at that point. So the third one that Dr. Eck and Dr. Wilson talk about in terms of the hair testing is something that's called bio-unavailable copper. And so copper takes different forms, and there's only a couple forms. There's only a form that, that the body wants to, to, um, to see, and the other forms, which are generally the type of form that you might see copper in electronics, that's in the body and it's affecting the way the system works. So in those cases, sometimes actually giving a little copper can help release the biounavailable form. Now, I don't see this that often, but I know that it's in the literature and occasionally I have seen it and giving the copper works. Now, the, the other thing you can do is, is you sort of can crowd out the copper, uh, the biounavailable copper with other things such as calcium and zinc, obviously not taken together, but you know, those two can, can help uh, release the, you know, the, the copper, the biounavailable copper. And, and that way the body can then uh, become more efficient. The other way you can deal with it, and this sometimes I do this in terms of uh, other heavy metals, is you basically do a metallothionine uh, production, you know, you, you, protocol, metallothionine protocol that will increase that. Now that metallothionine is important in, in that it helps collect heavy metals from the body and then remove them from the body. You need a lot of zinc for metallothionine, so if zinc is low, this isn't going to be an effective treatment. You need to bring the zinc up first, and then you can start trying to bring the metallothionine production up. And so this is also, by the way, important if you have heavy metal toxicity in the body, too. So let's talk about some of the symptoms of copper imbalance. And the ones that I typically see for excess copper is, is a kind of violence is the best way to describe it. Now, some people are going to say, well, I, I, I don't hit it. I'm not violent, right? What I mean by that is, is that there is a such a, 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 an anxiety and angst, if you will, and, and it's so intense. It's so, there's outbursts, and it doesn't have to be full-blown violence hitting, but that's the quality of the anxiety. That's the quality of the depression, that's the quality of the obsessive compulsiveness. Um, that's the quality of the Tourette's or the schizophrenia. It's, it's sort of this intense emotion that, that isn't contained. So, so I mentioned some pathologies there but, that are frank diagnoses. But I have patients, usually they're kids, they're under the age of seven, let's say, and they will throw the longest tantrums ever. And if you have a child like this, if you're a parent of a child like this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And your friend's kids don't do this. They will have a fit over the smallest thing and it will last for hours. And you don't know what to do. It's just sort of, you just have to let them wear out. And they may be remorseful about it afterwards. And you know, you walk on eggshells until the next one happens. That is copper imbalance. Whether it's low zinc, pyroluria, or high copper, that is what this is. 
So I see a lot of it. You know, panic attacks can be part of this as well. There's sort of this, again, like I say, it's almost violent in, in, in the expression of it. So now that being said, I have people who come in with some spaciness, brain fog, uh, migraines, chronic pain, pain issues, pain all over the body. That can be related to copper too. There's a, a researcher, and I cannot think of who it is right now, who thinks that uh, a lot of times uh, fibromyalgia may be related to high copper. So that's kind of the, the, the big thing with, with copper in the nervous system. Uh, reproductively, a really high copper can lead to imbalances in menstrual cycles. So a lot of women will um, retain copper uh, in the estrogen side of their, uh, their uh, menstrual cycle. And so that will lead to really bad PMS and, you know, kind of a, a beginning of the period can be really, really difficult. And that can also, you know, be a sign of high copper. Uh, miscarriages or infertility can be uh, caused by copper imbalance. Um, those are pr- kind of the big things that I would say uh, can be, you know, that I that I see in my practice related to copper issues. So anyway, that's that's my talk about copper and, and zinc. If you have, if this is at all familiar, I highly recommend testing. Um, it's easy enough to do. You know, the, these are pretty standard blood tests. Uh, and if for whatever reason the, the everything comes back normal, you know, you have enough free copper is is within the right range, and the absolute copper and zinc are within the right range. You could, and you still think this is going on, and there's no pyroluria. You could do a hair test and look at it, because that's where you're going to see a biounavailable form of copper, and you won't necessarily see that in the blood. So that's what I have for you today. If you have any questions or comments, uh, please email me at info, I-N-F-O, at askdrgill.com. I have more information about other topics on my website as well, www.askdrgill.com. That's A-S-K-D-R-G-I-L.com. I look forward to talking to you next time. Have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye.